All right, welcome to episode three of the SMB podcast, where we're discussing all things related to the security, maturity, and best practices for your small, medium business, otherwise known as the SMB for your SMB. I'm your co-host, Mark Gibson, uh, alongside my friend and business partner, Mike Almeida. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a nice sunny day and ready to dive into this topic. Absolutely. Well, good, because I'm glad you got some enthusiasm for it. It's a little bit of a dry topic today, I think, right? So we're going to have to try to make it engaging. Yeah. (laughs) So So uh, what is it? Yeah, I was going to say, last last episode, we talked a lot about uh, threats that uh, small businesses are facing on the internet. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how do we uh, protect against those? And, you know, small business owners often ask, cool, I understand the risk. Now, what do I do to, to mitigate those? And, uh, you know, it boils down to every SMB, no matter their size, should have a cybersecurity program. Um, that cybersecurity program is going to defend against those. It'll scale up and down based on the, you know, sort of the size and complexity of your network and needs. But there should be conscious thought to how are you protecting your your assets. And so... Cybersecurity programs, Mike, they start with a framework, and usually there's two kinds of frameworks that you know get considered there. One's around security, one's around compliance. So we're going to talk today a little bit about how those fit into your cybersecurity program and how you protect your business. Again, so they are different. (laughs) They are different, right? Right. Some people hear compliance and cybersecurity in my previous life, they were one and the same. But I think you're going to educate us on how they're actually different. So they are uh, definitely used interchangeably. I, I, I'm guilty of that as well uh, in talking, uh, you know, largely for just simplicity's sake, because there's a lot of overlap, right, in the concepts. And so right. uh, really when you start breaking it down to its core, you know, and you t- start looking at, hey, what is a framework, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. in any area of life, a framework is just the basic structure, you know, of your concepts and one where you're just going to then start hanging details off of it, right? But they all fit within... Uh, that structure so that uh, they're all consistent and, um, you know, working towards the same goals. And really, you know, frameworks are are trying to identify, depending on which one you're looking at, two different things. One are objectives and the other is controls. Or here's what we want to accomplish it, or excuse me, how we want to accomplish. I apologize. Here's what we want to accomplish versus here's how we accomplish it. And uh, they get kind of, you know, entangled between compliance and security. Interesting. And, you know, when you think about compliance and and cybersecurity, there's really two main facets here. When we talk about compliance, and I've got a lot of experience in this, you're usually given a certain set of standards or requirements that you have to adhere to. And usually it's targeting data, right, or specific type of data, medical is HIPAA, credit card data, might be a PCI, DSS. When you're talking about financial, Sarbanes-Oxley, if you're in the, in the power utility space, it's NERC SIP. All these pieces are, are they all have a, a level of compliance requirements that they have to deal with. And so we're only discussing compliance in terms of cybersecurity. There are other compliance requirements out there, but we're focused on cybersecurity. So Mark, what does a cybersecurity framework look like? In, in, a, in a simple term. Yeah, uh, t- typically that framework's gonna, you know, set up your system of standards and guidelines or, or best practices for how do we actually protect the, the assets. <clears throat> um, there's usually some alignment with the compliance if you're subject to that, 
but that's not the case in every industry or in every business. And so, you know, when you talk about those security frameworks, it might be, you know, the CIS top 20 controls or excuse me, the Center for Internet Security, uh, their top 20 controls. It might be uh, NIST, their, uh, you know, their cybersecurity framework or the CSF, or it could be the 800-171. I won't throw too many of those things out there because, again, that gets in the weeds very quickly. Uh, but there's just a lot of different examples to do those things. But I think what's important to recognize around, you know, the, the main thing that, that in terms of how I keep them separate in my head, at least on paper, uh, is that there's different goals for each of those, right? One is to minimize the, the regulatory risk, and then one is to protect the assets. And so when you do that, uh, do that work and the planning as you're going there, those two things come together a lot. Um, and they're, they're all gonna be working towards improving your security posture. Uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, being able to identify it in certain situations. When you're having a conversation with an auditor, they're probably more concerned about your compliance piece than they are your actual security program, right? That's yeah, right. So. Oh, I can tell you, tell you, being a, a former auditor, the the funny the fun funny part about this all is when you look at these. You even said it. Compliance is about mitigating that regulatory risk. Cybersecurity is protecting your assets here. A lot of these compliance frameworks actually use the same security frameworks as part of how they develop those standards. Like, for instance, NERC SIP, they use a lot of the NIST cybersecurity framework and it's developed on there. So there's a lot of strong marriages between these two pieces. And at the end of the day, we ultimately want to protect and defend what's important, regardless of how big or small your business is, right? Uh, exactly. And, you know, Mike, there's there's a reason that there's that overlap between these, because they're pulling from a lot of the same source places you know, with regards to, uh, again, best practices and the specifics. Uh, you know, and, and so that's a, a really good thing for us as, um, you know, business leaders to understand is that, you know, last week we talked about this very large, you know, um, scope of threats. And today we're talking about the details about how to defend against that. It'd be great, right, if there's this sort of centralized place where we could go and, and learn that information and be able to see uh, an overall picture uh, for what cybersecurity looks like. And fortunately, there is <laughs> one of those. Uh, but it's an organization that is a little bit obscure if you're outside of the that space. Uh, and there's a, you know, a resource uh, named MITRE, M-I-T-R-E, um, an organization that works closely with the government on a number of uh, topics or areas, but one of them that's pretty critical is cybersecurity. And so, it's funny. I, I thought yeah. I thought I heard of MITRE before, Mark. As you're right, you know, we were, we were kind of talking about this uh, a little while ago, and I think I remember seeing some of this from my time in the military and even the cybersecurity space as a, a quick blip. Hey, here's something that's important that you need to know about. But what what is what should our listeners take away from MITRE? What do you think is important for them to know about it? Well, so there's a there's a concept uh, around vulnerabilities. Um, that's called a CVE, and it's a common vulnerabilities and exposure. Uh, it, it's, you know, each uh, vulnerability or exposure gets a label, and it's called a CVE, and then it gets a number attached to it. And that's, those are discovered and submitted by, you know, a number of organizations that are called CVE numbering authorities. <laughs> and so, uh, again, none of that's terribly uh, necessary to understand at the high level, except to know that they submit that and essentially MITRE puts together this CVE database 
<clears throat> that is maintained for the public. Uh, it's accessible by any organization. Uh, and you can see all of the things that are known as, you know, uh, vulnerabilities for applications or for networks or, you know, hardware, any of those things, they all, once are discovered, get submitted to, to this list. So MITRE, at that point, has, you know, basically serves as a clearinghouse so that they see all of these things. Um, and it's, a, uh, again, a central platform for being able to look and, and assess those. So what they've done is taken that information, uh, combined it with, um, you know, debriefs and uh, breakdowns of previous breaches to not only consider the technology part of it, which is the vulnerabilities and the exposures, but also the people and process part of it, which is the tactics and techniques that um, threat groups and threat actors tend to use to be able to breach a network. And so they've come up with a, a knowledge base, a, a matrix. One is called attack, one is called shield, and one is here's the common ways that, that actors are using to uh, penetrate your networks. And shield is how do you prevent against those things? So it's really uh, helpful. They're essentially consolidating all of the threat intelligence in one place and doing a lot of the analyst work for you so that as a group, say like, you know, small business, we don't have resources to vote for that. It's already sort of on a platter for you. You just got to stay engaged with that to understand what it is. So this is something that essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, if you've got someone that, that is partnering with you and your IT for your business, they should probably be connected to this because this is this this information right here can make or break your business. You don't have to know the nitty gritty details like we do, yeah. but whoever is doing that service for you should probably know about these resources that are available to them. And you should ask them the question. Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's kind of the, the point of this conversation for us, right? Is that, you know, for small business owners, there's a cross check for you to be able to help validate, um, you know, what the approach is for your cybersecurity, you know, whoever's doing that for you, whether it's, uh, you know, your in-house IT or, you know, uh, another provider, an MSP or whatnot. And, you know, while, you know, might or might not be something that you're checking in on every day because it's <laughs> way too much information for that. Probably. It's to be aware that they're there. But this information also filters down throughout the, the community um, so that, you know, let's say for, for us as an MSP, we aren't necessarily getting the data directly from the source, but as frameworks are built around um, cybersecurity, we're able to understand where that's coming from. And we can go back and look at those specific things if we need to, again, to do a little bit of a mapping and researching for our own due diligence or our own understanding. But largely from a conceptual basis, it all kind of stems from there. And that's why there's so much overlap between the compliance and security frameworks. It's not really that nobody knows how to protect an environment from a threat actor, right? All, all of that's sort of out there, just as, you know, there's common best practices for, you know, doctors and lawyers and accountants and all those things. That exists in cybersecurity as well. It's just that the larger awareness around cybersecurity hasn't really filtered and permeated into small business owners' awareness in terms of how they're considering it you know, day to day, week to week. And, you know, as I, as I think about our closing thoughts here and the way you said that, Mark, one of the things that I, I want to convey to our listeners is 
all of us that are small business owners, we are experts in our trade, or at least aspire to be experts in our trade, right? There are other areas in your business that you don't, you don't necessarily have to be an expert, but you have to know enough about that topic to be able to make those decisions. And having enough information is great, but ultimately, and I think I might've touched on this a couple of weeks back, you've got to rely on your SME to provide you the details and then you have to execute on that. So this is an area of business where it's so important to understand you have to know enough to be dangerous, but you got to trust, put faith in your SMEs and make sure that you have enough information to make those decisions and make them quickly. Mark, your thoughts, final thoughts. Yeah. So I agree with what you just said there, Mike. And I think, you know, building on that as well is the idea that, you know, as a small business owner, those other areas that you're working in that you're trusting your SME in, there's a number of them that if you don't devote the time or the resources to that, you know, the outcome affects only you. Um, that's not really the case with cybersecurity. Uh, cyber criminals, they are a public enemy and they're devoting a significant amount of resources to their craft. Uh, you know, that's SMBs, right. we're one of the entities that need to rise to meet this challenge, you know, along with enterprise and government and, you know, uh, military, those types of things. Particularly in the SMB space, individually, we're going to be overwhelmed if we try to, you know, approach this, you know, as a, as, as a single uh, organization. But there's a community of experts out there that are dedicated, you know, to, the, to this fight. And, and that group of, of experts, they're absolutely, you know, making the effort that this knowledge and the best practices, they get, you know, disseminated out to practitioners at large. And so the takeaway I'm hoping for uh, our audience is that as a small business leader, it's making sure that your organization's plugged into that sort of infrastructure um, to understand what, what is happening out there, to, ha to learn how to fold that into your business so that it, you know, benefits you, but also, you know, there's, um, I don't know if I'll call it an obligation, but maybe a responsibility to make the internet a, you know, a better quality and a, and a safer place to operate for not just you, but also for everybody uh, that you're, you're working with. And because we're so integrated now on the internet, how we operate affects others as how they operate affects us. And so uh, I think it's important to know that there is a lot of information out there that's readily available to understand how you, you make progress in this area. That's really good, Mark. See, it wasn't that dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we, man, we, next, we next, quick, ne <laughs> next week will be a lot better. Next week, we're going to dive into budgeting. Everybody's got dollars to spend, but how can you maximize your dollar and make sure that you're taking money and time into consideration and making choices that are best for your business? So I'm looking forward to that. I think budgeting is a critical part of any small business because if you do it wrong, you won't have a business. And once again, guys, we really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the SMB podcast today with myself, Mike Almeida, my business partner, co-host Mark Gibson. And again, if you were able to take one nugget away from this today and you find value, or maybe you just like hearing our voices every time we come on here, please share this with your network of small business owners. Rate, subscribe. You can, you can find us on Spotify now. Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. So guys, thanks again. And we look forward to connecting with you next week. Take care.